Welcome to our Friday Five Live podcast hosted by Meg Foster. Meg has spent 20 years in higher education focused on student success initiatives and working in areas such as orientation, faculty development, online learning, student leadership, and first-year initiatives. Welcome, everybody. Happy Friday. Just as um, another housekeeping note um, in our um, slides, which Melissa will make sure available to everybody. If you'd like to share our Friday Five Lives um, with folks, we are now in our third season, um, and uh, we'll make sure this one is posted um, on Monday. It's always available um, on all of your favorite podcasting um, stations. And I say it pairs nicely with, you know, a cup of tea or a walk or an adult beverage, you know, at the end of a long week. So, um, know that you've got lots of resources here to share with faculty and staff. But I am really fortunate to have um, with us today um, Dr. John Donnelly, um, who is, um, I I guess, sort of technically, I, I work for Dr. Donnelly hadn't really put that all together today. Um, He is the Vice President for Instruction and Student Services at Piedmont Virginia Community College um, and has worked for um, a number of years in a variety of different capacities within um, community colleges, um, both um, in Virginia as well as in Massachusetts. And um, we're really thrilled um, to have John with us today as a resource um, as we talk through these kinds of concepts around student-ready institutions and what that means. But I just want to give a shout out. Um, Dr. Donnelly was recently appointed to the American Association of Community Colleges Commission on Student Success. And That work has always been important, but I think it has never been more important than it is now. So, um, John, we just really appreciate that you're doing that work and and taking that time out of a really demanding um, role that you're in to to help um, kind of community colleges across our country think about how we can um, be places of learning for our students and help them um, to be successful. So, So thank you for that and welcome. Thank you. Thanks for the invitation and look forward to a great conversation. So as always, um, I have some questions for us to guide our conversation. Um, And uh, don't forget um, our listening audience, if you're joining us today, that we we love your questions as well. Feel free to use that chat to share with us um, uh, questions that might pop up um, through our conversation. So um, just to get us started, John, you know, I had the opportunity to listen to you at our faculty, um, our all faculty meeting before school started, um, and would love for you to kind of define for us what does it mean to be student ready? Because um, this is, I feel like now that I'm paying attention to this, I'm hearing this term everywhere. Uh, lots of emails about how do we assess if we're student ready? Institutions popping up on listservs and things like that. So, look forward to your thoughts. Yeah, sure. Well, thank you. Um, you know, this, the, the term student-ready college is, is not a new term. It actually comes from a book uh, published in 2016 um, entitled Becoming a Student-Ready College. And there's a, a, a subtitle on, on, on top of that as well. But, um, but in, the, in the book, the authors sort of set out um, challenges to leaders of colleges and universities to, to essentially restructure um, the college experience for students. Um, to make it most likely that they would succeed. Um, and success means meeting their goals, right? So, so said another way, um, they challenged us to, to, to look at everything that we do through a lens of promoting student success, right? So 
Uh, that's the large, broad pieces of it. Um, but but um, sort of as you drill down, it, it, it really then is incumbent on you as an institution and as a leader of an institution to de define some of those, those broad terms. And so, um, so for us at PVCC, we, we uh, took that challenge and are taking that challenge. And, and so we, we've now defined what student success is for us. And what we define that as is, and it's one word, and that's completion. Um, for a long time, we weren't as focused on completion. We were focused in on access, but now we're focused on completion. And, and what that means is that students who come to us, uh, we want them to earn a degree. We want them to earn a certificate. We want them to earn a post-secondary credential um, that will lead them to be able to uh, post-secondary success, which for us at the community college means transfer to a four-year institution, the one that they want to transfer to, uh, or get a job that pays a family-sustaining wage that allows you to live um, in, the, in the area where you are. So, um, so it's all about completion. So translate that to, to on the ground. Uh, what we're doing then as a student-ready college is that we are designing all of our services. Um, that's you know everything that we do, policies, procedures, actions, to facilitate a student's progressive advancement towards completion, um, towards earning that degree and certificate or post-secondary credential. Uh, and it sounds simple, but it's not because it's it's a cultural shift. Um, but but when you you look at it and and the student ready piece, uh, I think sort of you have to sort of say it a lot before you, it sort of makes sense to you, uh, because we always we always use the term and everybody knows the term. Um, college-ready students, right? We we all want college-ready students. College-ready students are are those that you know are ready on day one. They're ready to learn. They're prepared. They know the rigors of college. They know the expectations. Um, they're 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 ready, and we want them as college administrators. Our faculty want them as as faculty. But in the reality, that's not our students. Uh, it just isn't our students. Um, and so the the the, the student-ready college is one that does not seek out college ready students. It's, it is ready for the students that it has. Um, it meets those students just where they are when they reach our door, regardless of their academic preparation, regardless of their strengths and weaknesses. Uh, it meets them just where they are and, and, and welcomes them and provides a supportive environment that allows them to get to their goals. Ah, I just love this. Um... Because, uh, you know, as, as we've talked, I've worked now so long in the community college, and that's, that's who we serve, right, is the community. Um, and, and certainly, though I think many of our four-year institutions do something similar as well. Um, and you're right, it would be great if we were all filled with college-ready students. Um, but I don't know if anybody else is reading the national data coming out of the last two years of learning. I don't think it matters what institution you're you're at. Um, you know, maybe maybe our Harvards and our Yales will will hold them off here. But I, I think all kinds of institutions are seeing students who are not what we would traditionally think of as college ready. So um, I think we all have a lot to learn about how can we be institutions that are student ready and and, and ready to meet um, those students where they are. Yeah, and for community college specifically, being open access and um, and you know one of the pillars that 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 
we believe in is access for all. And when we say access for all, we mean all, right? Not, not, not this population or that population. It, it's everybody from the, the most uh, advanced, prepared and ready, college ready student to the one that um, is incarcerated and has, has never earned a GED before. Um, it's that spectrum and that's a terrible, it's not really a spectrum, but, but any student who comes to our door because we are open access institutions, we need to be ready to do everything that we can to help that student along the way to get to earn a degree or certificate or post-secondary credential, whatever they're going for. And if there's policies, procedures uh, in place that prevent that, we, we need to break those down. We need to change, our, change those. Um, and so that so that everybody has has the uh, potential and the opportunity to to be successful. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's a really kind of nice segue into this next question. And and I'm going to circle back to the changing of the policies and procedures piece, because I think um, having done this work for a little while, sometimes those things whew, you have lots of conversations around that. But you've talked about kind of these four buckets maybe um, that comprise how PVCC is sort of examining or looking towards student ready, um, being a student ready institution. So I would love for you to kind of share those with us because I I think they're probably things other institutions can relate to as well. Yeah. So, so, you know, the question is for, for a lot of people, when you sort of put out that concept of being a student ready college uh, sounds simple, but in, in, in actuality, there's some work involved here and if we're going to restructure our institutions and everything that we do, where do we begin? How do we frame that, right? How do we begin to even frame that? Because the things that we do, we think we're doing correctly. We think we're, we're doing it right. And we may be uh, considering all students uh, you know, the same, uh, but, but how, do, how do we sort of, what's the framework? And, the, and this is not new, but there's student success frameworks out there. And one of those is called the pathway model. Uh, and you can you can look that up and, and find it, uh, but it's you know the student success framework and and it it does use the term pathways and that's a confusing term sometimes. But but when we sort of look at everything we do, we want to put them into these four buckets: mm-hmm. all policies, procedures, actions, everything that we do, put them into these four buckets. So the first bucket that you'll hear, or the first characteristic, or 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 whatever you want to call it, um, category. Uh, is clarifying the pathway for students. So if the end result is a degree or certificate post-secondary credential, we have to show them the pathway to that. We can't just say, come to us, earn your degree and go, right? But we've done that for a long time. Now we have to say, but here's the path you need to follow. So we need to to do things um, like, you know, mapping out courses towards the degree or um, or the learning outcomes. We, we need to be very explicit in saying, if you do these things, you, this will lead you to completion of your degree certificate post-secondary credential. So it's sort of clarifying it, not just saying, go, uh, figure it out, but providing that, that clarity of, of path for them. Um, you know, what are the milestones you, you want to you hit? What are the courses you need to take? What semester you, do you need to take them in? Those kind of things. That's number one. And number two, number two uh, it's sort of helping students choose the pathway, right? So we can, we can clarify the pathway, but there's a, there's a lot of pathways depending on the institution you're at, right? You may 50, have 50, 100, 150 uh, degree certificates, post-secondary credentials that you're offering. So how do we help the student choose the right one for them? Um, and, and, and that takes some work 
through advising and interacting with students and um, career interest uh, surveys, all those kind of things to say, here are the ones that may be right for you. And then helping that student define which one is the one they're going after and that they is going to eventually meet their post-secondary goals. So helping them choose is, is number two and, and really important. And number three is that, you know, once, once we've identified and laid out the pathway, they've chosen it. Now we got to do everything that we can to keep them on that pathway. Uh, because guess what? They'll fall off. Um, it happens all the time. It happens to us. It happens to everyone. They will, they will fall off the path. Uh, so what we need to do very quickly is to realize that, number one, because they may not realize they've fallen off the path or they may not let anybody know they've fallen off the path, but we've got to have ways of telling when that student has, has fallen off the path and to quickly get to them and get them back on. Um, the longer that they wait or the longer they're off the path, the less likely they are to get back on. So we've got to, to help them uh, stay on that path. Um, hopefully they'll stay on it and do well, but for those who don't, we need to quickly intervene to get them back on. And then undergirding it all, which is the fourth, um, the fourth category or the fourth bucket is we got to ensure that they're learning through all of this, right? So it's, it's important that, you know, while they're on the pathway, while they're going through the coursework, they're actually learning the knowledge, skills, abilities, competencies that are required, that are essential for them to be sex successful, whether they go to the four-year and transfer or whether they get into that job. Because if they're not learning what we want them to learn or what they need to learn, we haven't done our job fully. So all along the way, they must be learning and they must be meeting the outcomes of, of the program, the outcomes of the courses, and then our transfer outcomes or our occupational outcomes for the job that they're, that they're looking for. So, so those are the kind of the four things. And, if, and we, keep every, we keep those four things in mind. When we're doing policies and procedures or practices, we're, we're saying, okay, wh which one of those four does this fit into? Is this, is this identifying? Is this choosing and entering, is this keeping them on or is this learning? And, uh, and if it doesn't quite fit into there, we, we, start, we start to question to say, is this really what we wanna do? Or do we need to reframe so it fits into one of those categories? So I'm, I'm, I wanna now, I think, address, so the policies and procedures, and I really liked how you said, you know, institutions, we do, we've built these structures that, you know, we, we think they're working, right? We've, um, and, and certainly I think I've worked now in higher ed long enough to know that there are trends, things come, you know, things go. Um, but, but how, what advice do you have regarding kind of that piece? Because I can see that being, it, in, in some ways it's almost probably the easiest work is to like, hire new advisors, right? Or find more money for tutors or something to that effect. I would think that that structural shift and change, that cultural shift and change is probably some of the hardest work. So any advice on that? Yeah, yeah it, it is hard because I think, you know, our tendency is to, to develop policies and procedures that treat all students the same. And we tend to default to the, to the student that is doing well. Um, and so we're, we're going to sort of do all of those, all the policies, procedures, everything that we're doing for that population. But, but again, if we're really truly trying to meet every student where they are to provide a nurturing and welcome um, environment for them so that they can succeed, we really have to sort of look at 
uh, our own precon preconceived notions, right? And, I, and I, I'm guilty of this as a faculty member when I first started out teaching and the fact that, um, you know, I, I wanted those college-ready students and the ones that weren't, the ones that didn't engage with me, the ones that didn't do well on their tests, the ones that hadn't read the homework the night before, uh, I sort of said, well, they're not with me, so I'm going to really focus my energy on those that are, the ones that are looking at me, the ones that are doing well on their tests. And so that's a reframing to say, no, 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 I, I certainly need to, to work with those, but I also need to help these students and engage these students that are not um, doing as well. Um, because if I focus my efforts on the, the, the successful students, I am putting barriers up in front of those, that, those who are not. And I think our natural tendency is to blame the student, right? To blame the student for their lack of success is to say, well, if only they were more prepared, or if only they didn't have that part-time job that, that takes away from them being able to, to come to class and study, right? Um, again, that's the, that's the students we, we'd like to have. It's not the students we have. So, so what we have to do is, is stop blaming the student for their, their lack of success. They do have some responsibility for that, to be sure. We're not absolving them of that. Uh, but what we need to do is we need to look at our policies and procedures to make sure, and that goes from teaching classroom, teaching techniques in the classroom to policies at the administrative level, to, to food service, to parking, to clean classrooms. We need to look at everything that we do and say, are we putting up an artificial barrier, unintentionally to be sure, that is going to turn a student away? That they're gonna come here and say, nope, that's not for me. I don't like that, or that 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 doesn't work for me. So I'm going to turn around and walk away. Uh, and that happens a lot, right? We have so many students who come to us, and they 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 disappear, um, and we we don't really know what happened to them. I wish we had the time to to bring them back and say why, what happened. Uh, but we clearly some of that is is barriers we're putting in front of students. But you know, part of that is probably their life too. Life happens and, and we understand that. But I can feel very confident that we're student-ready college if we break all those barriers down, if we've really done the work of looking at policies, procedures, practices from the, the buildings and grounds uh, person all the way to the faculty member in the classroom. And if we've really, really done our work and cleared those barriers, we're not gonna have 100% success but I know that I'm not causing, or I, I'm not responsible for the majority of the lack of that success. I can now sort of say, okay, I feel confident that this is the environment that is best conducive to allowing the, these students to succeed. Um, and, and that's a shift, right? That's a huge shift. So many, so many employees, I think, don't feel like they have a responsibility to student success because they don't directly deal with the student. Um, but everybody does, you know, every single person at this institution, at any institution, mm -hmm. has a role in student success. We've got to, number one, convince people and show them how they, they impact students. Um, and then to start thinking about those, those ways of, it's not the student's fault, let's, let's take some responsibility and break those barriers down that we're putting in place and then see where we go. And gu guarantee you that, that our student success measures, if we're successful, our student success measures that we sort of look at 
will will start to improve, and um, and that's a good thing. So I'm curious what. Sorry, and I'm going off uh, going off our our scripted questions here again. I, I think you make such important points, you know, and it really ties into, uh, I think, a lot of the research regarding retention and, and why we know students are stay in school, right? And, and as I preach to my first year experience students, it, you need to know who your person is, right? Like, and that you can go to, you can ask them any question, you, everybody needs somebody on campus that, that is their kind of go-to person. And, and I always say that doesn't have to be a faculty member, right? It can be anybody on staff. It could be the groundskeeper. So how, how do institutions help everybody who works there kind of understand this concept of we're, we're student ready, we're student success focused, and that everybody has a role, every person has a role in that? Um, does that, I hope that question kind of makes sense. Like how, how do you get there as an institution? I think it takes time. Uh, it's, it, this isn't a, a, a week, a week transformation. This is a multi multi year transformation. Um, how we're doing it is that we are showing um, people the data on our student success measures. We're we're showing them some of the the standard student success data points that you would see. Um, some of our recruiting and onboarding performance indicators but specifically our first year momentum performance indicators, how many students will complete you know, 24 credits in a year, how many students are taking English in their first year, how many are taking math in their first year, um, the fall to fall, spring retention, those kind of things. And then of course, completion, completion indicators, um, graduation rates, those, those kind of things. And it's not a, it's, we're showing folks, this is where we are. Right. This is where we are. This is not a value judgment here. This is not we're doing badly. Yeah. If you see a low number, it's a low number. That's all it is. It's not that, boy, we're, we're not doing that right. It is what it is. Right. And then we sort of say, well, what what can we do to help those metrics? Right. And, and that kind of frames for everybody, uh, because, you know, when we, we look at those recruitment, onboarding, momentum, uh, completion, that's the life cycle of a student. And, and everybody at our institution is going to touch a student somehow or impact a student somehow in that life cycle. So we're showing these data points and then challenging people to say, not to tell them, but to ask them, how might you impact that success measure? Where do you fit in? Where does your role at this institution fit into these success measures? And we haven't had one person say, no, nope, none of that's at mine. I, I, I just, no. Nope. Can't can't claim. Everybody says, "Oh yeah, well I, you know, I can I can impact this and this and this." And it may not all be the same. And there may be some that are, you know, faculty, for instance, impact more than than others. But but I think everybody has that. And then that starts them thinking to say, "Oh, yeah." So now, how am I going to impact that? How might I changing my past behaviors or my policies or my procedures? How might that impact or change those metrics? to move towards the positive, to, to be better or increase or whatever, whatever that is. And that gets people thinking. And, and that, that's really helped us. Um, data can be scary. Um, data can be used as a weapon. And, and, um, and we're not doing that. Data is data for us. Um, and we say, here's where we are. Where do we want to be? 
Uh, and then how can we all get there on all of those metrics? And we have established those student, we call them student success measures. Uh, we've established those and we will be, we'll be challenging, collecting data uh, vigorously and aggressively capturing data every semester, every year, challenging groups of people to look at those data, to, to, to interpret those data and then to make action plans mm -hmm. from those data to say, wh what do we need to do? What is that data showing us? And, and, and moving forward that way. So it's, we're sort of in the, in the introductory, introductory phase now of saying, here's the data, how can you impact this? And then when we have our first sort of data point, bringing groups of people together, faculty and advisors, student success leaders, um, business office and buildings and grounds folks and talking to, to the to the administration, you know, and then sort of making making def definite plans and, and challenging people to to set goals uh, to 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 make the difference and to help change things for the better to be student ready. I'm really I really appreciate your your discussion about data as, as I kind of mentioned that's come across just this week on several different listservs that I'm on nationally around how, how are institutions capturing student ready data? And so, um, and I, I think you're, I mean, I think you're wise, but I think you're, you're wise to think institutionally specific. I mean, I'm sure there's standards that we can all look at, but I think it's also important to say Piedmont Virginia Community College is not Piedmont Community College, right? Um, which serves a very large area in Charlotte, I mean, North Carolina. There are two different schools with two different groups of students who, um, who they're interacting with. I'm also thinking, as, as you're speaking, John, about you know, what, what we know about enrollment trends and, and we know our community colleges have really suffered um, in the last two years as far as enrollment goes. Um, and and that there are, groups of students that we're very concerned about who are not showing up on our campuses, um, black males in particular, um, from the data. But also that, you know, there are what, 39 million American adults who have some college credits, but no degree or certificate. And so one of the conversations I feel like I'm engaging a lot with is students look different <laughs> potentially than they did 20 years ago. And the, the, the students that we're, we're going to be enrolling in our classes may be coming to us with some past college credits and some non-success experiences. And, and so if we're thinking in a student-ready ways, right, we're, we're thinking about the fact that um, those populations that we may be attracting are a little bit different than they were five or 10 years ago. Um, and, and maybe coming with us, I'm thinking about one of my students last year, who had a faculty member say, you just need to work less. And she was like, but I have to pay for, I live with my grandmother and I pay the mortgage. I can't, I can't work less. That's not an option. Yeah. And, yeah. and so how do I support her in that space? Right. Acknowledging that, not uh, saying, well, you've created this barrier to success for yourself, but yeah. reframing it, this is the reality you live in. Yeah, I mean, it, they're they're not mutually exclusive, right? So, so, so I, the issue is is options for students, right? Is 
is that you know we 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 clearly know that there are populations that we're losing that that are not that were once here in higher education and, and I can speak to community colleges specifically that aren't here now and and that their absence is is not good for them it's not good for society it's not good for our communities so so we are you know actively identifying those populations and recruiting those populations um, the old way of of Putting of recruiting is, is gone, right? We uh, we we can't put a put something on our website that says "Come to PVCC, it's the greatest place in the world," uh, because a lot of populations that we're seeking that need us are not looking on the website. <laughs> they don't have access to computers. They they don't have the the things that we take for granted. Again, another student ready notion to say well, our recruiting can just be on our website. You know, can't they just go to our website and see the programs that we have? No, that's not student ready. Um, that, that, that's not what our students are doing. Some are, but not all. So, so we're, 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 we're finding though, the, we're trying to find those students. We're finding ways to reach them in ways that, that um, they reach out and that they um, get their information from, whether that's you know, uh, social media platforms, texting, um, the church on Sunday, the, the local uh, community neighborhood organization, uh, whatever that is. Uh, and, then, and then we also have to, have to have mechanisms in place when we recruit them and bring them to PVCC is to acknowledge where they are, provide the supports for, for, that they need. Um, so we, we have a, 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 a student financial resource center for our students who are in degrees and certificates. We have a, a program for our short-term training that provides the necessary uh, life uh, needs that you have, uh, child care, uh, reliable transportation, food, um, you know, eyeglasses, the things that, you know, money for books, uh, those sort of things, because if you don't have those, uh, you're not going to be successful. And we have to make sure that students uh, who come to us have, have those needs relatively taken care of so they can devote their energy and time. So we have to have that. And then also for a good example is adults coming back. Um, they've had 20, 30 years in the workforce. And for us to say, oh, well, yeah, you're coming back. But you know what? Five years ago, that course that you took, it doesn't count anymore. Uh, because it's it's there, the time lapse has, has it's been too long since you took that course, or no, we don't give you credit for prior learning for your for your twenty years. We can't give you any credit towards your degree. Sorry, you know those are things that that are really valuable to that population to to move them forward and to give them uh, what they need to uh, to to move towards completion. And if we just treat everybody the same, everybody that walks through our door, we're not going to give you any credit for prior learning. We're not going to take care of your needs. That's just not going to, to help bring, once we bring them to the door, if we can get them to the door, we've got to provide a lot of options depending on what populations we're talking about to ease that transition towards completion. And that's what we're working on. But it's, that's the hard part. Uh, that's the part that takes a lot, high touch, takes a lot of effort and energy. But um, gone are the days when we had people breaking our doors down um, to, to come to us. And they were, you know, a, a, a terrible to say, but somewhat expendable, you know, for every student that we lost because they didn't have what we need, they needed, or we put a barrier in front of them. There was two more behind them. And we just were trying to keep up. Those days are gone now. Now we have to be really intentional 
about recruiting students who need us the most and then getting them to completion. Because if they leave us with a bag of credits or a half done certificate or um, you know, five days of training and no post-secondary credential, they've gained nothing. And that doesn't help them. It doesn't help us. It doesn't help the communities that we live in. So as we think about kind of, you know, coming full circle with this conversation, you know, you've mentioned um, policies and procedures and reexamining our structures and, and you've talked about high touch. And I know at Piedmont, there's been um, what, what, from my kind of perspective, um, uh, a real focus on making sure we have enough advisors, you know, to work with students and, and reexamining how we're doing things like academic advising. But what are some, I'm sure there are folks listening and thinking, what in the world, how can we begin, you know, to do this work at our institution? And so um, any tips or strategies that institutions can take to kind of get this ball rolling? Yeah, I can, you know, again, we're, we're in the beginning of this work. Um, we're committed to it. Um, everybody at the college is committed to it. Our new president, Dr. Runyon, has, has, has fully, um, is fully backing this and, and really a cheerleader for this work. Um, and so, you know, we, we've really developed some, some action plans of things we're going to do in this first year under these buckets. And I can give you a couple of examples of those. And um, so, you know, on clarifying the pathway, um, if you're if you're in a health sciences program, nursing, radiography, boy, that's really uh, laid out for you specifically. You know exactly what courses to take in what order, and there's a lot of prerequisites. You got to do this one before you do this one. Um, our, our students don't have any challenges with that. But if you're in a lot of transfer degrees, there really is it's it's the wild wild west. You know, um, hey, take take this, take this, whatever fits in your schedule. Um, and we we really haven't really detailed detail map our course taking structure to allow a student to follow the pathway all the way through if they want to, right? We don't want them getting off the path, but we got to define that path. So what we're doing is bringing teams of faculty according to what we call areas of interest. People call them meta majors, people call them pathways, whatever you want to talk about, sort of groupings of, of degrees and certificates that are related. And we're having our faculty teams um, who are assigned to those, those areas of interest and advisors um, working together to map those programs. And the advisors are key because uh, as most people on the call might know is the advisors oftentimes know what those hangups are, what those crazy, um, well, you should really do this before you do this because you know, they, they know that intricacies of, of those course taking patterns and so the faculty, it, it's a win-win, right? The faculty begin to know their programs really, really well. They know where their students get hung up, where they may not know that, um, you know, if, if nobody tells them. Uh, and then our, our advisors get to work with faculty who are experts in the area, right? And so, so it's just this mutual win. And so we're, we're bringing those teams together. And by May, we call it MAPS by May. By May, we want to have all of our programs mapped, um, course taking all the way from beginning to end with embedded some of those sort of uh, momentum metrics that we know that if you take uh, English in the first semester and math in the first year, your chances of success dramatically increase. We're putting that into our maps. Um, 
And we're, we're kind of starting with the end and working backwards. We want to say, what is it that this degree is intended to do? Go into the workforce or transfer? And then let's take those outcomes and map it backwards to make sure that what we're mapping actually leads to the outcome we're, we're looking for for that program. So that's one thing in the clarify uh, the pathways for students. And I think that work is foundational to begin the process of policies and procedures and scheduling and all those other things. Helping students choose and enter the pathway. You mentioned it, Meg, it's about advising. Uh, you know, we've tried many different iterations of advising uh, over the years, and I think many people have. Uh, now, what we what we love is the coaching model. It's the it's the assigning a, a student, one person, uh, who I read a great article that said um, everybody who goes to college needs somebody that has their back, and that's exactly what we're doing. Uh, we want one person to be able to that student to go to should they need anything. Now that person may not be able to solve that problem; they may have to refer, but it's one person. It, it, it's it's the advisor and the student being together through the entire process of the college experience. Um, that model goes a long way to, to success more than just sort of saying, hey, do it yourself, check in with an advisor every time before you register. Um, it goes back to the, you know, the most, some of the most successful students um, are, are athletes uh, who, you know, cause they coach, their coaches are on them saying, hey, you gotta do this, you gotta do this, you gotta do this. There is other, you know, that, that's a broad strokes, but that whole model of having somebody there telling you and helping you and reminding you and nudging you and to be a resource is huge. And that's the model we're going to. Um, helping students stay on the pathway, academic support, uh, robust tutoring, um, uh, having them develop an academic plan, um, it, 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 the systems technology solutions like EAB Navigate and other technologies that alert us immediately when a student has gone off the path and that we can intervene very quickly and find that student and get them back on the path. And then scheduling, right? Scheduling for completion. You know, colleges, deans, I was a dean once. Yeah, I, I didn't really work with my fellow deans on scheduling. I, I, I picked the, you know, the times that were the most important in the classes. And, and so we oftentimes put barriers in front of students and, and their course taking patterns. We have to schedule for completion so that we don't say that your requirement in this semester is at the same time that your other requirement is, and therefore you can't take it, so therefore you're now delayed another semester for your completion. And then the, the students are learning, that's just really engaging with our faculty on high impact practices. We're doing a lot of this now. Um, a lot of our faculty are doing this, but really providing professional development to help those who are not doing it or don't know or want or are interested in doing other things you know, it's learning communities, it's internships, it's um, first year seminars, it's research opportunities for undergraduate students, global learning, uh, study abroad, capstone courses, all those things that are high impact practices that really enrich the students experience um, doing all that. And if we do all that in the first year, which is a lot, right? If we do all, but it's not, it's, it's really low hanging fruit. I think we're gonna see our, our success numbers change we'll see some changes in the policies and procedures and practices that we do. And we become even more of a student ready college. At that point, look at the data, see the gaps that are still exist after that and continue in the cycle on and on and on. So I, I have to ask this question. Is there, in, I mean, and this is, it's all excited, like this all excites me because I think, you know, it's such, 
such important work. And, and those of you who have not had the chance to, to come visit Piedmont Virginia Community College, and John and I would welcome you to do so. It is the most positive learning environment. And the moment you walk in the doors of the building, you feel very welcomed. Um, and I've been at lots of institutions. And so I think I can say that without terrible bias um, about what a warm and welcoming learning environment it is. Are we, are we engaging with our students at all in asking them, hey, we have this big vision of, of being a student-ready institution, and these are the things that we're doing. Is, are, are there, because sometimes students have great insight into the gaps that we don't see, right? Yeah, and are we, are, do we have a, a defined initiative to engage students in that process? No, should we? Probably. Um, but what we but what we see is that we are we will be engaging with students much more directly. Uh, our faculty will be engaging students because they'll be engaged with high impact practices that engage the faculty and student together. Our advisors are going to be talking to our students much more instead of the students seeing three advisors in or four advisors in the year. They see one person. So, so I think there are inherent connections and engagement opportunities that, that we're doing the high touch, those changes. Um, but you know, you bring up a really good point and oftentimes that we forget to engage the student in the things that we're, we're doing. And, and we, we, will, we certainly need to find those opportunities uh, to, to get feedback from our students. We, we do climate surveys and things along that line. And we'll probably begin to shift those climate surveys to ask them, you know, in the student ready model, what are the barriers they're, they're perceiving? What are the things? We, we do things like the SESI Community College Survey of Student Engagement, which gives us great data about engagement. Um, so those, those are some of the, you know, informal ways, but, uh, but we're, always, we're always seeking formal ways that make sense to engage all students. And that's the challenge, all students, right? We don't want the the great um, prepared students who, who are going to, because uh, their, their, their gaps are much different than those who are coming back after being absent for long or first time and have low GPAs or uh, ESL or whatever, wh whatever sort of demographic you want, you want to pick. So, um, so you bring up a really good point. Okay. Well, I'll be excited to see this work continue to unfold. Um, it's, uh, it's such important work. And, you know, I'm thinking about just my first year experience classes and a lot of them have said, I, I know I'm here and I know I need to be here, but I don't really know the path that I'm on. So, um, you know, it's, it's good that we're helping them clarify that very intentionally. Right? Yeah. And I, I think the one thing is it's the why, right? We keep, I, I keep saying that, and you know, people need to know the why, Students need to know the why. Why? Why? Why do I want to go to college? And I don't know that we we're doing as a nation doing a really good job with that. And it's clear that your outcomes post post uh, post secondary uh, with a college degree are are much better than without it, right? And we're not articulating that. It's kind of inherent knowledge, but but we need to and articulate that more. And I, I think everybody on this call probably agrees that post-secondary education is the key to success. And, and we need to be more explicit about that because there are voices that are saying that it's not. Um, but we also need to challenge our folks. And what we've, we've always at PVCC and, I, and other institutions are probably like this as well. We've always been dedicated to student success. I don't know any institution that isn't, right? Um, but we asked ourselves the why, 
why why do we want to do this work why are we doing this work what, what is it what is it that we want to achieve and when we came down to defining student success that that clarified it for us completion getting them to graduate with a degree certificate or post-secondary credential simple as that simple as that and that's the why that I needed because for many years I was like, well, I kind of know why we're doing this because we want students to meet their goals. Uh, but those goals can be this big, right? Our goal for them is to complete. And if we are focused on that, we zero in on that uh, and we do everything that we can to get them there, we're going to be successful. They're going to be successful and we're meeting our mission. John, I think that's a wonderful wrap up. Um, cause we have hit 1245 and I very much want to honor your time. Cause I know it is incredibly busy time, um, this fall semester, but thank you. This has just been, so I've taken pages of notes, um, and, and I'm already thinking about how I'm going to approach class a little differently on Monday when we come in and talk, um, goal setting. And it is a reminder, what is your, why you may be my quote. I always have a quote each week. You may get to be my quote of the week, Dr. Yeah. Donald. So. Yeah. I just want to say thank you for your time today and all this insight you've shared with us and the good work that you're doing on behalf of our students, both in Virginia and outside of it as well. Well, um, I thank you for the opportunity to talk about this. I think uh, I think it's important work. I think um, uh, it's, it's, it's a new environment, new day, challenging to say the least, but this work that we do in higher education at our institutions is really, really important work. And uh, I salute everybody out there who's doing it and, um, and appreciate their hard work as well. So thank you for the opportunity. Great. Everybody have a great weekend. We hope that there is time this week for weekend for rest and renewal. Um, and I think John said, reminds us important that we're doing important work and um, in your and, and keep it up because I know it's an exciting time of the year as we start a new fall semester. But um, also we need to continue to to kind of um, build ourselves up um, and remind ourselves about the important work we're doing. So thanks all, everybody have a great weekend and we look forward to having you join us um, next month um, for our Friday Five Live conversation. Take care. Friday Five Live is brought to you by Innovative Educators. Innovative Educators offers six online services for your onboarding support and training needs. Visit us at InnovativeEducators.org to see how we can support your student success initiatives.